DJ host of Ride the Vibe, broadcasting from a rainy Roswell GA from the beautiful DRSATL studio. My friend Waheed Gomes making it happen, really. There wouldn't be a Ride the Vibe without Waheed. He's a consummate host and um, professional on the technology. I don't know how he makes it all happen, but he does. Brings the guests in remotely. He's got all the music queued up, etc. And for you musicians out there that are looking for a way to make some music while you sleep. Well, he's got a very cool uh, boutique publishing business. So you want to reach out to him uh, if, again, you like making money while you sleep. And who, who doesn't? Well, I'm just totally stoked to have uh, uh, on the show again, Tom Guerra. And Tom can peel off blistering slide guitar licks. He has written hundreds of songs. And Vince Magazine praised Tom's mastery of many musical styles by stating... How cool is this? Tom is not just a great rocker. He needs a new title or, di- or diagnosis, don't we all? Considering his extraordinary, and I got to get this word right, eclecticism, maybe we should call what he has multiple musical personality disorder. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tom, welcome. Worse. <laughs> hey, Michael. How are you? Oh, my gosh. Doing fantastic. And and you? Oh, great! I you know the living up to the hype. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, you know you, you've been on the show, and so your fans who are legion and growing are, are familiar with our format. But we're changing yeah. it up just a little bit, right? Because yeah. you've got a new album out called Sentimental Junk, and uh, folks can buy that album at uh, TomGarra.com. That's T O M. G-U-E-R-R-A.com. And please, y'all, buy them, buy the album. Let me ask a, a rhetorical question of the of the listeners out there. When's the last time you all listened to an album or CD or whatever format you get it in from start to finish? The way the artist laid it out meticulously, methodically, with lots of love and thought into it. Please go buy that out, buy this album. So what we're gonna do is we're going to play the whole album from start to finish, but only a couple minutes, teasing you all up, because we want you, while the album's playing, to be buying it on Tom's website or, um, you know, et cetera. And we encourage listeners to sit back in a comfortable environment while you're listening to this music and get a beverage of your choice. And we've got a special treat in the studio. We've got a product placement sponsorship uh, arrangement with Cathead Distilleries. Now oh. they're yeah they're out of Mississippi, yeah. and they're the oldest distillery in Mississippi. About I think twelve thirteen years old, because Mississippi Tom was the last state in the union to do away with prohibition. Hmm. And these cats that started Cathead are music uh, aficionados, musicologists, and their tagline on their products is support live music. And in the studio, we have got an old soul, straight bourbon whiskey. And this thing is, I'm not a bourbon whiskey drinker. I like their vodka, but I had to, right, for the show. Someone's got to do it. It's uncut. It's unfiltered. And um, it's got uh, a tin plate plate series on their label, right? So those old tin plates from the photographers Mm -hmm. back in the day. And the first one they've done is Captain Luke Mayer. And the tintype is done by Timothy Duffy. This thing is aged seven years. And they Mm. also have a really cool partnership with the Music Maker Foundation, which I wasn't familiar with. But Music Maker is all about um, supporting 
musicians like the the vintage cats that have, that started you know started in the 50s etc as well as promoting uh, new artists so we can't say enough about our our partnership with cathead and uh, and this old soul whiskey so cheers to having you on the show i'm going to take a cheers. sip here tom mm. wow is it good yeah very very smooth uh, oh, and, nice. and again, coming from someone who's a, a vodka drinker, but and why he loves it, so it's all good. That's great. So, and you, it sounds like maybe featuring a uh, beverage. Uh, yes, I am. I, as my dear friend Jack Sani of Dire Straits says, yeah. I like that brown liquor, <laughs> and that's what I'm having. Ah. Some brown liquor right now. So you are to see a Mr. Jack Daniels, Mr. Jack. So it sounds like maybe uh, checking out this old soul might be on your radar screen. I, I definitely want to check it out. Cool. Well, let's uh, enjoy our beverages. The listeners uh, hopefully are getting a beverage of their choice. And we're going to play Sentimental Junk. This is Tom's fifth solo release. And we're going to play again a couple minutes of each song. And then we're going to come back uh, and we'll chat commercial, uh, commercial free for the second half hour. So without further ado... If we could, why he'd queue up sentimental junk.
next day we'd set in motion Up with the sun as we left Cape May We're heading west until we hit L.A. Cause baby, California's got to my That sunset culture
Ike Turner and his Kings of Rhythm in said, let's record some fun. But later that week, Ike got the single said, what the hell is this? The label read, Jackie Branston, not Ike's name, and he was pissed. Ike had an attitude for the rest of his life. The first rock and roll disappointment. And he said, provides professional audio mixing and mastering services. They also provide other creative services, such as voiceover editing, audio restoration, and audio forensics. They have great customer service, their work is fast and efficient, and their prices are affordable. You can learn more about their creative services by visiting them on the web at drsatl.com. Again, that's drsatl.com or call them at 404-590-0779. Again, that's 404-590-0779. 
ERS, when the right sound matters. You're back on Ride the Vibe. Michael Litton, the last DJ. Shout out to Tom Petty, the late great. And uh, Tom, I've got a question. You, you, ha- you hearken a bit to uh, The Last Rebel with uh, Tom Petty's brilliant song in that yeah. you are not following the trend of, the, I guess, the quote-unquote popular trend of just releasing singles. You, you, you have made an album in the old-school way, which I love. Mm. Talk about that, yeah. that uh, the reason for that, and then talk about, you know, it's the, sh- the floor is yours, if you will. Yeah, so I, I think I just, I, I write pretty much constantly and I'll write 15, 20 songs and then I'll start thinking which ones really should be developed and I develop them and without really consciously thinking of a theme, I usually put them together in 10 or 11, you know, batches of 10 or 11 mm-hmm. and put them out on albums just because that's the way I listen to music. Yeah. I, you know, it's very important to me to have an album worth of music. Yeah. Um, and, and other people said, yeah, you should just put out singles or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's, mm-hmm. that's fine. But it's, this is kind of this way I have a beginning and an end, yeah. you know? Yeah. So it's, your, it's, it's, yeah, it's in your DNA and it, just touch on before we get into the, the individual songs, touch on your yeah. process. I mean, what do you, uh, do you have a, yeah. a certain time of day? I mean, does it come to you at all different times? How do you capture the It comes to me stuff? at all different times. And it's, you know, you, a lot of times it will be right before I, I consciously wake up or I'm uh, just sort of half yeah. asleep and I'll yeah. get an idea. Yeah. And the whole, I, I, I look at this thing and I just kind of came to this, you know, a, a couple of weeks ago and I was thinking about how did these all come together? And the only way I can describe it is like you finding a piece of the of a puzzle mm-hmm. and then having to construct the rest of that piece around it. So oh, interesting. Some some of these songs I came up with a guitar hook. Some yeah. of them, a lot of them, I came up with a vocal or a chorus hook, and kind of built the entire songs around them like that. Um, and for whatever reason, I think it's funny. I was talking to the the mastering engineer. And he said, this is a lot different than the last record because mm-hmm. he mastered that too. And yeah. I said, yeah, it is, it is. And he said, you know, it sounds like this is, you know, two years worth of pent up energy that you're getting <laughs> out there. And I said, you know, I didn't really even think about that, but I think it it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were locked down for almost two years. And right, I was, right. I was writing and um, the last album was a little sweeter, I think. Mm-hmm. It was more, you know, a lot of acoustic stuff on there. And this is kind of gut bucket rock and roll. Yeah. Well, and it, you, you talk about it in the first song, uh, uh, Autumn Eyes, where you're, you're falling in love with uh, your grimy old 57 Stratocaster. So it yeah, makes sense. Yeah, that's kind of... That's exactly what that's about too, you know, and it's, um, it's a, you know, no fool like an old fool. (laughs) So that was the, the, the Genesis then, right? I mean, you're kind of, you fall in love with that, uh, Stratocaster and then that drives the whole album, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it, it kind of does. I mean, that guitar pretty much was the one constant throughout the record Mm -hmm. and, um, it's funny, I got that guitar and it was owned by a Texas Roadhouse musician for about, what, 60 years or something wow. like that. And uh, it needed some work, so I got it all honking, sounding good, and yeah. I just started playing some of these riffs. And I'm like, wow, that that guitar gave me that riff. Yeah. And that's exactly how Autumn Eyes happened. Yeah. You know, that, that riff that you hear in the song is... That's just that grimy old strat through an old amp, you know? Now, how did that guitar come to you? I mean, I, it, probably like you, I don't believe in any coincidences. What's the... Well, it's it's strange, you know, because I got contacted. I, you know, I do uh, like a guitar brokerage service yep. and appraise guitars for people. And I got contacted by this guy, you know, a couple of years ago. And he said, hey, my my dad just passed. Um, can you appraise this, this guitar? I said, mm-hmm. sure. So... I appraised it for him and uh, was, I think, very fair with him, you know, yeah. and, and didn't charge him anything because it was, you know, his father's guitar. He just died and right, and right. they wanted to sell it. So he, um, six months later, he got in touch. He goes, hey, um, any interest in buying this thing? Ah. Like, what did I tell you it was worth? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he, I, long story short, I ended up buying the thing. And uh, the cool thing about that was it had three coats of paint 
over uh, the original sunburst. Uh, 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 uh. And one day I just took a razor and I started chipping away the paint and it took like two weeks of this mm, and I was getting mm, like carpal tunnels. Yeah. But right. I ended up chipping away all the all the paint down to the original finish. And didn't and it didn't touch the original you were able to do it without marring the original. Well the the, the region the reason he painted over it initially was because it was it was worn. Ah, but yeah. I, I got it down to that. And it just it's a funky guitar. Yeah. In yeah. fact the neck of this guitar is on the cover of the album. I want I, I'm it? looking at that right now and I wonder yeah. if that's the one sticking up out of the out of the sentimental junk. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Is. I love it. That is too cool. Well, and then uh, She Don't Believe in Memories. Uh, that, uh, talk yeah. about that song. Well, that's, that's about a, a, um, a, a, a dear woman. And the woman is not a sentimental person at all. She just mm -hmm. wants to live in the now. And mm -hmm. she doesn't want to like hear stories from, remember when we were kids yeah, and yeah. this happened? <laughs> We walked so, up uphill both ways to school with no shoes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's just, it, it's every now and then, I think, especially somebody like me who, you know, I come from a, an Italian family and every mm -hmm. time we get together, all we do is talk <laughs> about remember when. So it's it's a good sort of lesson to me. And that's why, you know, the, the second line of the song is no sentimental junk gets in the, in the way. way. Yeah. And I that's that's where the album title came from. I love it. So how do you... I, I'm just curious how uh, you know you come up with an album title. How does that how does that work? Well, I I didn't know what I was going to call this thing, and I was getting ready to you know finalize the mixes, and I was listening to it, mm -hmm. and and that it was either that or um, Highway Bones, which is uh, another line off of the the song with John Butcher. Yeah, and I liked both of those titles, but yeah. Sentimental Junk, I thought. Yeah. I liked the sort of juxtaposition of the two words together, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. And so it's, that's, why I, that's why I got that one, yeah. And it's a bit, um, you know, so I guess we could take uh, what the, the woman in the song believes, the lady in the song believes, and your uh, Italian heritage and embrace the genius of the Anne and say, we can do both, right? I mean, we can... We, we, of course we can. We, yeah, can. we can have some memories and we can be focused on the precious present, if you will. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then, uh, of course, all love is pain. <laughs> we all, I think, have walked in uh, those moccasins. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that one was just, I was messing around on a 12-string um, guitar uh, and came up with that riff and kind of came up with that chorus, uh, memory, it's kind of falls into memories. That, mm -hmm. that song is kind of about memories. Right, and the one right. before it was about, she don't believe in memories. So yeah. it kind of was a nice lead into that. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, that song is basically about a guy bumping into his his lady or mm -hmm. what he thinks is his lady. And she's, she's walking with another man who's, <laughs> Very, very tan, you know, and and uh, um, and then the, the guy kind of uh, makes it on his own by running away. And then the the, the chorus in that song is um, it's a nod to Johnny Thunders. Yeah. I mean, it's basically it, the bridge is I'm sorry, the bridge, not the chorus. Yeah, it's Johnny says you can't put your arm around a memory, which was one of his his favorite songs mm -hmm, or his, mm -hmm. his biggest songs, and. Um, and that's kind of where that goes through. So I was able to kind of weave Johnny Thunders into that. Thing, I love you know? it. So how do you order? I mean, it, it begs or it kind of brings up the question, how, how do you determine the order? Because we're, we're on a theme here, y'all, to go out and buy an album, harken back to the day, you know? How do you well, as an I, artist, um, you know, flow, I, I you know, think, develop the flow? I, yeah, I think part of it is, um, you know, I like to have, you know, this one's kind of front loaded with a couple rockers. Mm -hmm. And then um, the whole the album has a lot of rockers on there. Right. And then I, I kind of, you know, slow it down a bit with the single, which is the, the song with John Butcher. Yep. And some of the songs have sort of a bluesy feel. Mm -hmm. So I wanted those to be sort of interspersed mm -hmm. between the rockers. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of end on an instrumental, which is what I did last time as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So you, but so it's, it's a conscious, I mean, it, that's the thing I, I'm trying to, you know, want to get across to, to these listeners that yeah, it's, only it's buy Spotify one-offs. You know, there's a process. The artist puts a lot of thought into this, you all. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's why you'll have certain songs, you know, 
stop dead and then you know drums will kick it into the next song mm -hmm. that's kind of it's it's meant to be listened to yeah if you can in give its me entirety minutes yeah in its entirety right exactly i mean yep. please so and that segues uh, california's uh, got to my girl which yeah. is uh, you know an r&b tune or i had an r&b feel to it and then your friend john butcher said whoa i could sing that right exactly i mean i had recorded that as a demo and kenny aronson was on one end saying, hey, I think we should put some horns on this. And I just, said, okay. uh, it, just if you could pause there for a minute, got to give yeah. a shout out to Kenny. So for those yeah. of you that are not uh, familiar with Kenny Aronson, Kenny uh, is a longtime co collaborator of Tom's. And in 1988, Rolling Stone uh, named him the bassist of the year. So for those of you that are not familiar, familiar with him, yeah. go out and check him out. And Tom, I didn't mean to interject, but he's... No, no, he's, and, and he's currently on the road with the Yardbirds now. Ah. So check them out. <laughs> they, yeah. It's just, he, he's, he's great. So yeah. he's working uh, on the horn parts and I'm like, this song needs something else. And I, you know, I had given it my most soulful read on the vocals. And yeah. I was talking to John. I'm like, yeah, I, I, you got to check this out. I wrote this R&B song. He's like, I can, I'd love to check it out. Yeah. And he said, dude, I can sing that. <laughs> I'm like, well, it's, I kind of want to sing some of it. So yeah. he ended up singing the first verse, the yeah. bridge, and then we split the last verse. Yeah. And oh my God, you know, he's recognized as like a, a mofo on guitar. Yeah. You know, he's a, a great guitar player and to the point where I think it overshadows his vocals mm -hmm. and his vocals are amazing. He's yeah. got a great soulful R&B voice that fits perfectly with this. So, and he's a Boston oh boy, right? He's a Boston boy. Yeah. yeah. And, and, um, via Philly in Alaska, but he ended oh my up gosh. in Boston, oh my but, gosh. uh, but when, but he went in, uh, and, and recorded all his vocal parts and I'm like, Oh my God, it's so much to work with here. So, yeah. There, that was a that was an interesting song to mix because I didn't want you know it to sound muddy and there's so many tracks there's like 32 tracks there you yeah. know and we got horns we got a bell in one point that Kenny did we've got strings uh, that Kenny did and we've got probably I don't know 10 different vocal tracks mm, mm, mm. but uh, it I think it it comes together nicely and I I would encourage people to listen to that. And again, uh, John is Grammy nominated. And so how, how did you pick, how, how do you pick as an artist? You know, so you've got, you got all these kids, right? <laughs> how do you pick, yeah. quote unquote, your favorite that you're going to release as a single? What's the process there, well, uh, Tom? Well, this one was kind of obvious because it's, it is sort of a commercial sounding song. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, got, it's probably got one of the strongest hooks in there. Mm -hmm. um, and it's got a nice melody of California's Got to My Girl. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's an interesting sounding song. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, I mean, I personally like some of the grimy rockers on here mm -hmm. uh, as my favorite, but but I I really there's something about this song that's that's dear to me too. And like kids, you you don't have quote unquote a favorite. So again, for musicologists that are interested, there's a reference in there to Charles uh, Charles Manson, the Manson family, <laughs> and Brian Wilson. Flesh that out a little bit, Tom. Because yeah, and you're so reading the, the, and you're so, reading uh, Brian's autobiography. So talk. I am. Yeah. Talk a little so, bit about that. So this this song <laughs> is about a guy and his girl from New Jersey, and you know they they're on the beach one night and they make a plan to to hit the West Coast and go to LA. And as soon as they get there, he starts being concerned that he's losing her because she started staying out all night and yeah. she's, you know, she's dancing with these freaks that she met <laughs> and just like the Beach Boys yeah. hooking up with Manson, as yeah. it said. And, yeah. uh, and then she leaves him and then he goes back to the East Coast. So that's, that's kind of, I just, I thought the, the imagery was kind of interesting there and having, you know, spent a lot of time out in the West Coast, um, you know, and meeting a lot of really different and strange and unusual <laughs> people, I kind of pulled that from experience, I guess. Well, and and high praise to you because it has been said of you that you write in the Laurel Canyon style. So, I mean, that's really, really high praise. And we won't go into detail on on all of the brilliant artists that came out of Laurel Canyon. 
But for those of you that don't know, do some research on that. And then also, I, the last DJ would strongly suggest, do a little research on the connection between uh, the Manson family and uh, the Beach Boys, because that's a fascinating uh, story as well. And, yeah. and go read Brian Wilson's uh, autobiography. So yeah, you you have you write so many songs of your own, right? Mm-hmm. Hundreds, hundreds. <clears throat> How do you decide? Like, um, you know, you've done on American Garden. You did Tom Petty's The Walls. You you did Brandy yeah. Carlisle's The Story. Yeah. Um, you did uh, Graham Parsons' Streets of Baltimore, uh, and yeah. then uh, Eddie Money's uh, compilation, uh, you know, Give Me Some Water on on your yeah. last album, Sudden Signs of Grace. And then on this album, you've selected Dylan's Clean Cut Kid. How, yeah. I mean, how, how do, talk me, talk me through how you come up with, uh, as such an original writer, those songs that you want to cover. Well, these have always been songs that I've, I've loved and, um, but they're great songs on their own. And it's really tough to cover a song exactly like the original, especially if it's a classic, but I try to bring my own little spin. And this is, if you listen to Dylan's clean cut kid, this is, this is pretty radically changed around, um, and it's almost deconstructed because mm-hmm. it's it's done in a sort of a Chuck Berry style, yeah. which is you know like an early rock and roll, and and I kind of am taking sort of the B verses and putting them with the A verses mm-hmm. here, um, which is very different than Dylan did. I actually took a couple of Dylan's, um, uh, I guess you would call them bridge verses, and mm-hmm. and sort of made them into regular verses, yeah. um, and just kind of went through it and kind of did it like I would imagine one of my guitar heroes, Rory Gallagher would have done it. And it's, it's pretty straightforward, but it's, it's a, I mean, the lyrics are brilliant. I mean, yeah. And it's, it's, you know, that song came out in, I think he, I think it was copywritten in 83 Mm -hmm. and he was kind of looking back and talking about a Vietnam veteran. Correct. Um, And, and I think, you know, the way I'm doing it, it could be about somebody coming back from Iraq or Afghanistan or wherever. Or uh, Ukraine. Or yeah. Ukraine, yeah. yeah. I mean, but it's 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 all about just the the um, kind of visuals in his, his lyrics are brilliant. Unbelievable. And, I, I would I mean, say that, the that, greatest songwriter of, of all time without I, I would say so too. And you can't, you know, I couldn't do anything that was a real super popular Dylan song because it's, I mean, yeah. You, who, what are you going to do? I mean, you can't yeah. do all along the watchtower. Right. You know, we know the definitive <laughs> version of that. Of, of Hendrix. Yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. So, well, so well, it's just kind of like, I, I always love that song. I mean, just, he's got yeah. a line in there about, you know, he, he ate Burger King. Yeah. He was well fed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, that just, cracked me up yeah and, you know he's got he, he was on Hollywood the baseball this, team and he's right. you know watermelon yeah. uh, guy right. and, he drove his rolls royce into a swimming pool <laughs> you know i mean he ate water bread and drank co- coca-cola well you know yeah. uh i i highly highly recommend to any musicologists out there i got it out of the library and it was so compelling and it took me so long to read because it's like uh about five pounds worth of book and 500 yeah. pages but Bob Dylan, the story behind every track, all the songs, Philippe, and I'm not going to say the last, Mard Goten and John okay. Michael Guinnesson. I don't, I, I can't pronounce it, but I'm telling you what, this thing is a wealth. <laughs> I mean, it's just. I will have to check that out. I oh would love my to read God. that. It is a Bible. And I'm going to, I'm going to give you a couple, not you, not you, Tom, because you're, you're, in a, you're way above me as a musicologist, but this came from this book. So this song, Clean Cut Kid, was offered to Carla Olson. Why was it offered to her? Because she appeared on Dylan's first music video, Sweetheart Like You. Like You. And she's playing. (laughs) Exactly. She's playing a, a... a yellow Les Paul TV, and she's she's actually mimicking Mick Taylor's guitar parts on there. That's unbelievable. So, and I yeah, don't know whether she yeah. ever did anything with it. And the other piece of information I got out of this book, this brilliant book, is that it's Ron Wood of the Rolling Stones on guitar yeah. and yes. Ben Montench on keyboards 
Yeah, of y'all, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Yeah, so, absolutely. you know, and that's, this is 500 pages of pictures of detail. And, you know, it goes it, 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 way above my head as a non-musician, but it goes into the technology that was used, the studio that they're recording it in, the guitars they're using, the keyboard. Yeah. I mean, it's... Oh, I've got to check that yeah, out. It's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, and I'm going to I'm gonna give Carla a version of this song as well, too, because I, I do oh, know perfect. her. And, oh, nice. Uh, was, yeah. So, oh my God! Well, we got and so so uh, star uh, star of light. We got to um, talk about that a satellite. little bit. Uh, satellite. Satellite. Yeah. satellite. Sorry. Yep. I mean, this whiskey yes, is good. Sat- <laughs> yes. Thank you, old soul hey. and uh, cathead. <laughs> cathead. Yeah. So satellite's just about a, a paranoid guy who thinks is is uh, everywhere he goes, his girlfriend is spying on him, and it's so it's kind of a fun song. Yeah. And I used kind of an open E tuning, so it's kind of sort of stonesy sounding yeah. rhythm on that, you know, as you as you heard. So uh, that was a speaking fun song of Ron uh, Ron Wood, <laughs> right? Right. So actually, I was using my my Zemitis <laughs> guitar, which is the the uh, aluminum top guitar, which is like Ron Wood's. On oh my so, god! Yeah, I love it. Good yeah. segue. And then uh, let me uh, learn uh, to let me go. Uh, uh, great yeah. wisdom there for all of yeah, us, I think. That's kind of a, a true story about a guy who is, you know, sees these politicians and is so sick of them and has mm-hmm. so much hate for them. Mm-hmm. But he's at he's trying to, you know, pray at night to just let me learn to let it go and yeah. let go of the hatred. So yeah. that's what that's about. And it's kind of a... It's kind of got a um, an interesting arrangement, um, and it goes to sort of a major key in the chorus, and um, has kind of a I think a, a a pretty decent hook in the chorus. And uh, Kenny and I were messing around with a flanger for the guitar solo, so I, I recorded it with the flanger on, and then we uh, I I doubled the guitar solo. I played it twice, so it's it's kind of a cool sound on there, you know. Well, and what. Uh, prophetic words of wisdom in uh, the year 2022, for sure, yeah. for all of us. So yeah. I, Eyes of the World, uh, tribute to uh, the late, great Leslie West. Yeah. Talk about that yeah. song, Tom. So I, I had, after, right after Leslie died, I was playing a couple of his songs on guitar and kind of came up with this riff that was similar to a Leslie West riff and mm-hmm. recorded it, started chunking it out into a song. And I'm... I sang the the demo and I'm like, man, I wish I could get my buddy Scott Lawson Pomeroy from the Mambo Sons to yeah, sing it. Yeah. How would he sing this? And I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna call him. So I call him. He's like, Yeah, I'll sing it. Yeah. He can't he comes in and just nails it on the first take. And that's that's what you hear there. And I mean, he's got just a phenomenal voice. I mean, he's at the end he sounds a little like Robert Plant, you know. Well, and for those of you that don't know about the Mambo Sons, please. And you're going to be able to get all this from Tom's website, I believe. Yep. Uh, yeah, you I can go back and buy the Mambo Sons uh, CDs in their entirety, y'all. Sure. www.tomguerra. <laughs> well, again, yeah, why not? Because we haven't been doing it. We haven't been able to go out and do anything. So buy right. some music and buy the CDs, play them, et cetera. Well, and I, one of the things that I mentioned this to you in the run-up to the show that I so enjoy about doing this is it gives me an opportunity to, you know, dig into the to the history and, and you know, the backstory on stuff. You know, yep. Leslie West with Mountain, right? For you all that don't know anything other than Mississippi Queen, like maybe I didn't, I did not know they were at Woodstock, the original sure. Woodstock. And uh, that was only their third gig as a band. So kind of like Crosby, Stills, Nash at at Woodstock. And then also, and I thought this was fascinating, uh, they were, uh, well, not they, but Leslie West and Al Cooper, the keyboard player for Blood, Sweat, Mm -hmm. and Tears, were on the the Who's Who's Next album. And they helped out on Marvin Gaye's Baby Don't You Do It. And I'm telling you, I just heard it today for the first time, Baby Don't You Do It by The Who, and it's unbelievable. It's off the Who's Next deluxe album. And then they also do uh, Love Ain't For Keeping. Um, Right. Both unbelievable. So (laughs) do yourself a favor. Dig into that as well. And then think for yourself. Talk about that, Tom, because we all need to be thinking for ourselves more now than ever. That's kind of a a Memphis-style R&B song, again, Big thanks to Kenny for the horn parts on there. 
And uh, it's it's actually I'm pay, I'm playing bass on there, so he's mm. just doing the the horn and the yeah. horn arrangements. Yeah. Um. So that's it's just you know a basic Memphis song, kind of a clean sound and Stratocaster. The old Strat makes an appearance, obviously, in there. Too, yeah. So I love it. Well, and Kenny's cool. uh, Kenny, as I understand it, one of his inspirations was James uh, Jameson, uh, one of the major bass players of the Funk Brothers out of the Motown sound. So yeah, absolutely, we all yeah. don't know who James Jameson is. You need to check him out as well. And then, uh, where's the new rock and roll, Tom? That's that's a good question. That's that's sort of a um, a spoken word. Um, Somebody said it sounded like Frank Zappa, and maybe because ah, my, my voice is in the similar range to Frank, but it's, yeah. it's basically three verses of how you can get screwed in the rock and roll business. And, and talk <laughs> about the the genesis of that with uh, Ike Turner. Yeah, well, the you know a lot of folks recognize Ike Turner's uh, song "Rocket '88" mm-hmm. as the first rock and roll song. Mm-hmm. So what happened there was Sam Phillips of Memphis Records uh, mm-hmm. recording, ultimately Sun Records, Yeah, Sun. Uh, had Ike and his band in. They recorded a song called Rocket 88. And then when the song came out, it didn't have Ike's name on the label. It had mm-hmm. Jackie Brenston's mm-hmm. name, who was Ike's driver and singer. Mm-hmm. And Ike, Ike, you know, as I say in the song, Ike was pissed. He mm-hmm. had an attitude for the rest of his life as a result. <laughs> and, <laughs> Understandably. And, and, and that's kind of that verse. And then the mm-hmm. second verse is basically about, you know, ways you can get ripped off and people who can rip you off. Yeah. And the third verse is about how some managers just keep you as an artist uh, totally um, intoxicated or, or drugged out while they're robbing you blind, which uh, a, a few friends of mine uh, experienced. Um, so that song is sort of about that, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, there's a one part there where I I think I uh, end the verse with, and if you want my advice, just get yourself a good lawyer. <laughs> so, so that's and that's and, how that and as the la- as the last DJ, God bless and God rest his soul, Tom Petty, because he yep. got himself a good lawyer. And he and I'm in the middle of his autobiography by Warren Zane, yep. and I would highly recommend that to y'all as well. It's a fascinating read. But he got himself a good lawyer, and they figured out a way for him to declare bankruptcy. <laughs> and yeah, his so uh, his roadie bugs kept yep. all the tapes so they couldn't find him. It's fascinating. Right. And but he I was mean, able to break it, his contracts with uh, Shelter and MCA, etc. Shelter, right? Yeah. So, and I mean, like you, I love reading these these rock and roll and these musician biographies and it is a constant in every single one of them yes these correct. guys are all getting ripped off and yep. that's so this is sort of a a a warning for anybody any new musician right any up and coming don't you know you get in get into these things you're starry-eyed you want to sign that contract like petty did with denny cordell we talked yep. about it in the run-up denny cordell Tom's shelter records guy, you know, great guy, great guy. But as Tom says in the autobiography, he's a great guy, but he comes from that English old school where they were great guys, but then they didn't see any problem with taking all your money as an artist. Absolutely. Yeah, it's crazy. And then the last song on the album, um, a fitting way to kind of end a tribute to your friend, uh, Mark Easton, who one of your first friends that uh, died of the COVIDs. Yeah, he he passed away of COVID. He was a great guitar player. Um, really was a, a mentor to me in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was messing around on something. You know, he he and I used to play a lot of uh, instrumentals together when we were playing together, like stuff by Kenny Burrell. And this is sort of like a Kenny Burrell type of song. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm dedicating it to to Mark. I'm just simply calling it a song for Mark Easton. Yeah. And it features the the wonderful Matt Ziner on Hammond, Oregon. And Matt, Matt is probably best known for his work with Dickie Betts. Uh, and mm. now he's out, he's out as part of the band called the weight band, which is a, a tribute to the band with Jim. Oh, interesting. Matter of fact, I just saw him a couple of weeks ago and it, they were outstanding. Yeah. But, doing so all, just, uh, so, doing all the band song, a lot of band song, but they're, they're just releasing a new album now called, um, shines like gold. I think mm. is, is the name of it. Yeah. And it's a it's an excellent album. Jim gave me a copy of it, and mm. uh, so so this is just sort of a, a you know three and a half minute bluesy song yeah. again with the old Strat in there, and uh, just as I a tribute it. to my my buddy Mark. So 
So we're just, uh, you know, we're right at the top of the hour. It's just been a fascinating conversation. I can't thank you enough. Would love to have, uh, uh, you know, have you uh, share with any of your musician buddies they're interested, love to get them on Ride the Vibe, uh, talk about Absolutely. that. Uh, Absolutely. That project with the uh, tribute band of the band, et cetera. Any sure. uh, parting thoughts, comments that you want to leave the listeners oh, I with? I just, uh, a huge thanks to you, Michael and Wahid as well. Um, this is my second time on Ride the Vibe and and it's been such a great conversation. I got to have some nice, cool brown liquor at the same time. So uh, thank you, your friend. I'm definitely going to have, I'll have some cat head. Too, yeah, you'll have you know? some old soul, you know, that tin, uh, tin plate series, yep. which is a tribute to musicians. And again, the, uh, you know, the, the, I think it's the, I'm going to read this here. I get my eyes on musicmakerfoundation.org. So y'all check out Cathead, check out musicmaker.org. And definitely, please, www.tomgueerra.com. Get on there. You haven't spent any money in a while because you haven't been going out and seeing live shows. That's how musicians make their money. Buy the album, buy this album, buy all Tom's five albums, and then buy, buy the Mambo Sons albums and get yourself some music and listen to the whole album, y'all. Well, I am right, the last yeah. DJ. I say what I want to say. I play what I want to play. And we are out of here. Thanks, Tom. God bless. Thank you. Song on the radio Better late 